we go with the John Curley Sherry Ellicott Show. And you coming along, who's going to be letter of the day? Who's going to be letter of the day? Edge of the seat question everybody wants to know. know. That's right. Latini doesn't know yet, but she's going to find out. Sherry, come on. No, I'm fine with it. I, I, she does a good job picking the letter. I right. I'll well, give her that. Thank you. You're right. You're right welcome. to us in MyNorthwest.com. You can also come in state roofing text line, Muckleshoot. I'm sorry, Muckleshoot Casino Resort. It's an old habit, dying hard. Muckleshoot Casino Resort is our text line, one 973 Okay, well... This happened yesterday, I think, we, about an hour before he came on the air. After, yeah, after he came on the air. Harvard president, Floydian Gay, resigns. Uh, ABC had the news. Everybody had the news. Um, her letter, which is really her resignation, was sort of like, I'm a victim. Uh, she never really fessed up to the fact that she's plagiarized. They have now been 50 examples of her plagiarizing. Um, a couple things happened when the news first broke that she had plagiarized. Um, she said, they said, well... You know, we, not really, it's not really plagiarism. They tried to redefine it. And then, um, uh, so they had her on that. Her horrible answers during the hearing as to whether or not calling for genocide of Jewish people, she said it needs context. So they started coming after for that. And then when somebody dug in, I think Chris Rufo over at City Journal, Manhattan Institute, started digging into some of her work and said, look at this. This seems, there seems to be some. Yeah, some plagiarism here and here and here. Those were brought to Harvard, and then Harvard is, oh, that's, you know, you're just picking on her. So AP, I think it's AP, the headline that they put out there was just ridiculous that they basically are blaming her uh, being forced to resign as conservatives are coming after her and that they're using plagiarism now um, to go after her. This is the AP headline is Harvard President's Resignation. Highlights new conservative weapon against colleges. Colon, plagiarism. Come on. Listen, she got the job because she represents what Harvard wanted to represent. A black woman as their president. They moved her up rather quickly. She was in the position. She failed. I think what did she do? Six months or something in the job. Harvard didn't want to get rid of her because she represented what Harvard wants to represent when they use people as trophies, um, as Thomas Sowell describes what affirmative action does, and they couldn't get rid of her, but they eventually had to cave because, one, money, a lot of the donors said this, plus the bigger part was the plagiarism, right? How can you have the president of Harvard be caught with 50 examples of plagiarism and then still withhold or uphold the standards that they would want the rest of the students to have. The inconsistencies were just too glaring, and she resigned. The letter, again, doesn't admit to it. She doesn't apologize for it. She basically sort of says, I did nothing wrong. Well, if you did nothing wrong, and you're not embarrassed by what you said, why resign? Don't resign. You didn't do anything wrong. You don't need to resign. She never said she did anything wrong, so don't resign. Hold strong. But away uh, uh, President Gay goes from Harvard. Well, I believe she is still keeping her nearly $1 million salary. She's going to remain at Harvard. 
This is just a little excerpt from her uh, speech that a lot of people reacted to. Amidst all of this, it has been distressing to have doubt cast on my commitments to controlling, confronting hate and to upholding scholarly rigor, two bedrock values that are fundamental to who I am and frightening to be subjected to personal attacks and threats fueled by racial animus. animus. Uh So she... As far as the AP headline goes, weaponizing plagiarism, wait a minute, plagiarism is bad, okay? So, I mean, don't you want, I mean, I, that doesn't make any sense to me at all because you you want people to be held accountable for plagiarism. Harvard held everybody else to a, a different standard than her. That's not fair to everybody else. Right. Well, again... DEI, which needs to be stopped, um, and DEI courses through the bloodstream of Harvard's elite. And the best news that comes from this is that the elitists at Harvard and the rest of these institutions that are so revered could not stop people from doing what was right, which was getting rid of somebody who plagiarized. When you steal, in the world of academics, when you steal, which is what plagiarism is, when you steal someone's idea with their original idea and thought, that, that you should, you're out. I'm sorry, you're gone. Larry Summers, who gave a speech to a small group of people, was in uh, 2005, or I forget the year it was, 2015 or something, he was the president of Harvard, and he had mentioned some thing talking about he was do- a bunch of different theories. Why aren't there more women in tech? Why aren't there more women? And he said, you know, it might be some sort of intrinsic aptitude. That could that's one of the theories. He was presenting theories. He says, I would like to be proven wrong on these, but more maybe more men want to do uh, tech because they're drawn to it than more women. And they went after him and they ran him out. So out Larry Summers goes. In this case. This woman stealing other people's ideas, not attributing it, and then Harvard circling the wagons on it to try to protect her. Her entire, her, the rest of, you didn't quote the rest of her uh, speech was um, paragraph five. Four score and seven years ago, uh, what your country can do for you, consider what you'd be the luckiest man on the face of the earth. We are going to fight. We're going to fight to in France. We're going to fight in the seas. We're going to fight in the oceans. We shall fight with great confidence in air. We should offend the land for whatever the cost. Right. And she ended with this is one giant step. This is a giant step for man and a giant step for mankind. Uh, here's what Al Sharpton said. Oh, good. Al yeah. Sharpton. Yes. Uh, President Gay's resignation resignation is more about than a per, more about a, more than a person or a single incident. This is an attack on every black woman in this country right. who's That's put right. a crack in the glass ceiling. And I heard somebody say, yes, she did put a crack in the glass ceiling with somebody else's head. So, it's <laughs> like, <laughs> so. Right. see, you always Al and the rest of the race baiters that make a living off of this. You can't take one example. You have to always expand it out and include everybody. It's got to got everybody's the victim. She's the victim. She's a victim of what? 
She is she is a victim in the sense that they took her, moved her up into that position. She did not have the chops to have that job, but they needed somebody to represent something. So they gave her the job. And then when they said, oh, we did an investigation into plagiarism, which no one knows how they did it. Often when someone does an investigation in plagiarism, it can take up to a year, a year. They said, oh, no, we looked at it and we just had her. She's going to correct a few things. Listen, they moved her up because they wanted her to represent something. The same way Joe Biden uses Kamala Harris to represent something. Kamala Harris has no right being the vice president of the United States. Kamala Harris shouldn't be in there. But what she represents, and as Thomas Sowell says, when you use people for trophies, when you use them, look at this, we've got a black female as our president, aren't we great? That does a disservice to her. It does a disservice to everyone. When you give somebody a job that they don't deserve, it hurts everyone else because then everybody questions, did this person get the job because they deserved it or did they get this job because they represent something? And you are being used by individuals. You're being used by corporations. You're being used by institutions when you're being given the job because of what you represent, not by not by the, the quality of your work, not by the content of your character, but you're just simply being, you know, used as a trophy i love the way to describe that charles cook who writes in national review wrote they um he says they always try to have it both ways but defending affirmative action or identity politics he says um they say without our benevolence no person of color could possibly make it uh also how dare you suggest we've been helped which is the, that's sort of the, the trying to have it both ways so uh, out she goes. They've got somebody else that'll be in there. But this is all of DEI. DEI is through all of Harvard. They did a great big thing when she got the job. They were going to make sure that the the people that they hire are a certain color, not not that they may be better or worse than somebody else. They've already been proven in court that they discriminate against Asian students. We know that they discriminate. We know that they're racist. It's been proven in court that they do this. That's what DEI is. DEI is racism. DEI is not judging the individual, but taking the all you take all the history of everything else that's occurred as horrible as it is and then you bring that forward and then project it onto today's society so we're going to right the wrongs of the past by creating wrongs today and out she goes they'll find somebody else but of course the big brouhaha is going to be the fact that oh this has all been done by conservatives um by the way the joe writes the list is out the list Joe, is anybody on the list? The big, the big uh, Jeffrey Epstein list that everybody no, cares about. No, they haven't cited any names yet. So there, it's somebody's got it, but nobody's actually published it yet. Okay, fine. Thanks, Joe, for that update. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Show mama. <laughs> Thank you. <laughs> Quite sort of summing it all up there. Uh, I um, yes, I Sherry. wonder if <laughs> if they feel compelled to hire another black woman to replace her. Uh, this is a tricky spot that Harvard has put itself in. So it's it's going to be interesting to see what they feel the right thing to do is. All of this DEI stuff has to go. I saw Barry Weiss. I adore Barry Weiss. I, I love her podcast, honestly. I recommend anybody listen to it. She says it must be eradicated and has to be taken out of these institutions, these colleges. You've got to get rid of of it. I saw a piece. Um, they list all of the employees that are involved in DEI. So University of Washington has, I think, is the 11th on the list. Uh, people that are working in the DEI department and the DEI department is making sure that they're hiring the right color people. 
Um, this goes back to Harvard in the 1920s and 30s and 40s, where you can't have too many Jews. Roosevelt prided himself on being part of this committee that was trying to determine how many Jews they would let in. I mean, if that's racism, that's anti-Semitism. It still exists today, but it's all cloaked in DEI. So it happens at the University of Washington. There's a case right now. I think they're going to get sued by an organization that's looking into it, that they're discriminating against people. Again, why can't we get back to merit? And I always make this argument with people when they tell me about DEI. I said, fine, listen, as soon as you begin to have DEI in, in professional sports, I'll be okay with it. So when we start to represent the unrepresented, um, then in professional sports, then we know that DEI is a great thing. Oh, no, 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 not, not at that. If you can run a 4-4-40 and you can bench 225 pounds more than 25 times and you have a vertical leap of this, you get a chance to play in the NFL. Well, why? Why, why, why do we have to have meritocracy in professional sports? Shouldn't we also have meritocracy when it comes to, I don't know, medical schools, a law school, being the president of something, showing that you can actually do something? We start judging people based upon the color of their skin, not upon their ability. Aren't we really down the road to have some really mediocre outcomes? Uh, this is what Al Sharpton had to say about that. Oh, Al Sharpton. If he doesn't think black Americans belong, he's what he's talking about, he's talking about Bill Ackman. Bill Ackman, of course, was was, you know, somebody that went to Harvard, felt is is Jewish and felt as though, you know, she should resign and she, she should have been should have been out of there uh, even before her congressional uh, hearing. So here's what Al Sharpton said about Bill Ackman. If he doesn't think black Americans belong in the C-suite the Ivy League, or any other hallowed halls, we'll make ourselves at home outside his office. Okay. So I, there, he's threatening to uh, picket or protest or whatever outside of, of, of his office. And we'll see if he gets people to do that with him. <laughs> what he wants to do is he needs his name out there so he can continue to bilk people right. out of donations so that he can keep getting money. The fact that that guy had visited the White House, I don't know, 17 or 26 times when Obama was in there, why you had Al Sharpton in there. Al Sharpton and the media gives him a giant pass. Tawana Brawley, look it up. Tawana Brawley and uh, what Al Sharpton did. And Al Sharpton with the anti-Semitic work that was done. It was in Brooklyn. Was that in Brown Brooklyn Heights. or Queens? Brown Heights, right. You know, talking about who owns these buildings, go in there and burn those things down. The guy is a, a complete sham, but the media loves Al Sharpton. And the only the only black American you're allowed to say anything horrible about is Clarence Thomas. Judge Clarence Thomas, get Ter Clarence Thomas out of there. Get him out of there. The color of his skin is only used when they refer to him as um, an Uncle Tom. But no, uh, Al Sharpton, it's not about a black woman and all black women. It's about this particular individual, not judging her by the color of her skin, by the fact that she was plagiarizing and she was unable to answer a question as to whether or not calling for genocide. Does it meet the standard of uh, violence, hatred and bullying on the campus of Harvard? Well, that that that's, it, it depends on the context of it. What a mm -hmm. joke. Goodbye. And you know what? People will move on and they'll find somebody else to get in there. But the good news is, the good news is the elite institutions that normally would circle the wagons and wait for this to pass, they failed. And people are being able to see maybe we should do more about this. Get this out of there. Because she even refers in a resignation letter to my truth. Harvard's, I think their motto is truth, not somebody else's truth, the truth. 
She even didn't she put that in a resignation? That my truth. I think something about my truth. She's a victim of of everybody out trying to get her. Uh, she says it's with a heavy heart, but a deep love for Harvard that I write to share that I will be stepping down as president. This is not a decision I came to easily. Indeed, it has been difficult beyond words because I have looked forward to working with so many of you to advance the commitment of academic excellence. Um, yeah, I mean, she goes on to say it's, you know, that uh, but after consultation with members of the corporation it has become yeah. clear that it's in the best interest of Harvard, blah, 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 blah. you know, said she'd be a distraction. They need to focus on other things. Yeah. That type of stuff. Yep. Uh, Suggest you read Barry Weiss, Free Press uh, and her mission now to eradicate DEI from these institutions and then from the U.S. government. We could get it out of the state of Washington. There's that department that they've set up, which is basically all about hiring people that are the right color. Why that isn't racism, still not quite sure. That's right. Nursing Gate Car of Yours only to Bucky's Auto Service Centers with uh, 16 locations. Been around for 53 years. Take the car to Bucky's, 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 Bucky's Auto Service Centers. That's right. Right on over there to Bucky's. Take that hoopty mobile to Bucky's, Sherry. Take that whip of yours to Bucky. I will. Yeah, you slay, girl. It's Riz. <laughs> there you go. Good. Uh, case of the DNA, robust DNA data collection. Sale Times talks about how they were finally able to track down one of the Green River Killer's uh, victims through DNA. It's amazing what they've been able to find, right? There's always the stories of some guy, they had the guy's DNA, and then they tracked him down. This is about a couple of years ago, and he discarded a cigarette. They ran over, picked up the cigarette off the ground, checked it with the DNA. They were able to find out that was the guy. They were taken back to a murder from like seven back in the 1970s. So the DNA is being used more and more often. In 28 states, they will collect your DNA if you're convicted of a, of a crime. Uh, felony, they'll take the DNA. Sometimes they even use it as, hey, we'll put, send you away for 10 years, but if you give us your DNA sample, we can get that reduced if you give it to us. So a form of, you know, little quid pro quo. We just want to know who you are, your DNA, basically your biological fingerprint. We'll put it in a database. Don't worry about it. We'll have it because if you commit any more crimes, it'll be that much easier for us to find out who you are, where you are. So in the case of the Green River, what are some of the facts on that one, Sherry? Well, what happened was they found these two sets of bones, uh, two bodies, bones. Yeah. They called them bones 16 and bones 17 bones 16. I guess they were probably discovered and they were discovered at the same time. But but her identity was pretty quickly determined. But bone 17, they they couldn't figure it out. Finally, they went to a, a company called Parabon. And if you are a big consumer of true crime, as I am, you yes, know you what are. Parabon is. It's it's a DNA. It's a company that goes through and sequences this particular individual's entire genome. And then they go back and back and back and back and back and they figure out ancestrally who it could be. And they, then they link it to possibly somebody in uh you know that's alive right now so mm -hmm. in this case they did they found this young lady's mother they tested her dna it was a match so they could identify bone 17 and i, I suppose the question is why would somebody not want this uh, I, I mean I, I i i'm a part of the whole ancestry.com i did that I bought the thing for Trevor. He refused to do it. He didn't want people knowing his DNA or to having the DNA somewhere. I, I actually think it's a great idea that if everybody's DNA was on file somewhere, 
that it would be easier to solve some of these crimes. And mm-hmm. it's, it doesn't always show up in, uh, in CODIS, which is the DNA, the FBI DNA website. So right. if, if everybody participated in this, then yeah, it would all be there. Are you worried that that's too much interference by the government or too much of a privacy issue? Well, my concern is always whenever they set up one of these programs, they say, well, it's just for this. But it always has a tendency to creep outside the program, whatever they intended it for. And then they start to use it for other things as well. The fact that the federal government's uh, database has been hacked, I think, six times in 2022 um, by Chinese, uh, by the Chinese government to get information from us. I don't trust the U.S. government. I don't trust China. Um, and what they want to do to get your database. It was interesting during the whole COVID thing. China said, hey, you know what? We, You know, you guys are way behind on testing. How about this? We've got a company that will come in and test for you. People, the long lines, you have people waiting in lines. We'll give you a testing, our testing company, and, and we'll, we'll collect the data for you, and we'll tell you who's got COVID or not. And the government looked at it and said, why are they so quick to get it? Because they wanted to get our data. They wanted to get our DNA. Uh, they are collecting DNA. If they collect the DNA of, of U.S. citizens as well, they can use it for blackmail, for other things like that. I don't trust them. And I don't trust the U.S. government as well. Um, the fact that during the census, they decided they go ahead to get the census and they go, oh, we see where all the Japanese Americans are. It'll be really easy to go round them up and put them in internment camps because they're such a threat to the U.S. security. So and there's an example of how the census was used to catch uh, and it put those horrible Japanese Americans away because they were such a threat. The fact that the governments in other countries were using cell phones to be able to track you. Remember that? It was in New Zealand, Australia. They wanted to know where you were. Remember that? All the lockdown. If you violated mm-hmm. the lockdown, they send you a text sure. and then you had to text real quickly back that you were at home. And then they'd ask to see a picture of your house that you're there. This is the same sort of thing. They would have your DNA. They'd know where you were, know where you're going. You might have touched something. They could do it. Now they're able to actually get DNA samples from the air. I don't want the government to know anything about me. Um, the same thing they did with Social Security. Oh, it's number is just going to be a number. It's going to use. It's going to be easy to keep track of. You know, these things expand. But what's you're the okay worst? With it. What's the worst thing they could do with your DNA? Well, so what do they know? They know that there's particular genetic anomalies in my DNA, right? So they would know that I'd be more prone to uh, maladies, uh, and then they would uh, want to, if they go to a single-party payer, um, and then they would say, well, you've got this condition and this condition, so therefore we're less likely to provide this service or that service. We don't like the food that you're buying. We don't like the fact that you're smoking. We don't like the fact that you're eating hamburgers. And because you're doing that, when you when you have a proclivity to uh, heart disease, um, we don't approve of that, so therefore we're going to cancel this or cancel that. Anyway, they can infringe upon my rights. And I think the Fourth Amendment would protect me from the collection of my DNA. I don't want to give them anything. Do you do you think that they would they would not want some way to control me or control American citizens? We saw what they did. Right. Get the vaccine or you lose your job. But has the vaccine been tested? Yeah, sure. It has. Really? Are there any uh, side effects? No, uh, no. Lose your job. Yeah, your job goes away. We'll take away your job if you don't get the vaccine. But if I get the vaccine, will I give it? To, will other people get COVID from me? Absolutely not. They controlled people. They want to control so that everybody, you know, behaves themselves. 
That's basically what it is. Government's all about the control, so they treat everybody exactly the same because it's much easier to do that. Don't you think with with a program like like the NSA and the cell phones that we all carry, I mean, it's almost worse than than them having your DNA. They because like yeah. you said, they literally have, and and it's been proven through Snowden and other things that they 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 abuse that information and they will track sure they do. if they want. Right. Remember so they, they lied. But was it was it Brent, <laughs> yeah. uh, uh, John Brenner was on there and they asked him, "Are you collecting data of uh, cell phone numbers?" Uh, no, we're not. And then, like I think it was uh, Snowden later on said, oh, the "Hell, they're not. Yeah. They know all your phone calls. They know who you're calling. They know what you're doing." And well, if in I think some way they can is, put pressure on you. Yeah, but I don't. I, don't th- I think what they were doing was they were doing this sort of mega big, you know, uh, thing of of collection. They weren't. They right. don't have the manpower to listen to the average person's phone call. They just don't. I mean, there's no... My right. dad worked for NSA for 45 years. I talked to him about this extensively, and he was saying it's it's ridiculous to think that they were honing in on, oh, let me listen in over here, and then over here. And they over were here. monitoring it, but if they decided this John Curley guy is kind of suspicious, I want right. to go hear what his conversation was, they would have access to that information. Right, but right. for the average right. person, they wouldn't have to worry about that because they're not going to take the time to invade on somebody's privacy if they're talking about buying a gallon of milk. Matt Taibbi, who worked on the Twitter files, I think it was either the day before or the day after he testified. Yep, I know. The IRS. Knock at the door. Came, came knocking. From the IRS. Right. Went well, to but, his house. Went right. to his house. But that wasn't some secret thing. Matt Taibbi was a public figure who was very outspoken about that. So I'm not saying that the government won't penalize you for out. You don't think out, that's a but, form of intimidation? Oh, of course it is. That the federal government stopped people from expressing ideas that were counter to what the Biden administration wanted to have out there? But but that's a very obvious case. If I, I don't yes. think it's somebody that is just walking around and I, I don't I don't think they have a, a lot of that to worry about. But I'm not that conspiratorial. So I don't you know it's I suppose it's possible. I mean, where did we think DNA was going to go? Look how far it has become. Look how it has evolved. They couldn't yes. do this before. And now they can trace people back, you know, like you were saying, from a cigarette butt. So uh, it is possible. I don't think in our lifetimes it will be. But maybe. Okay. Well, your father was there for 45 years. I think the advancements that have been made even in the last three years and through AI and other things like that, it just gets down to, do you believe the government has your best interest in mind? No. Okay, then there you are. No, Case but closed. I think I, I'd still like everybody's DNA <laughs> someplace <laughs> to solve crimes. Just to solve okay. crimes. Yeah, that's all. That's because you're on all like crime stuff. <laughs> I know. I know. It, it, it's it's a miracle. It is a miracle. Well, and to and to and to exonerate people who are falsely accused, I that's think is right. equally as that's important. That's huge. Yeah. Okay, true that. All right, Tini, get ready. Oh, oh my God, she's doing this. She, stop it, Tini. You're gonna hurt. She's juggling potatoes again. I'm like, come on, come on, Tini. <laughs> okay. What's that about? Isn't she about right. the size I, of a potato? She got little. Uh, what are the little ones called? Little russet? Not russet. What are little ones called? Whatever that is. Like little potatoes. Yeah, yeah. Oh, thank you, Sherry. Little potatoes. Uh, this guy. Deal. 
I know, Tina. Okay, I'm not talking about you right now. 27 years, 27 years this guy worked at Burger King, Sherry. And then he goes on TikTok after 27 years, never missing a day, great worker, loved working there, obviously did a great job, never took a day off or maybe took days off, but never called in sick, kind of guy you want to have around. So he goes on TikTok and he says, look at this, I worked at 27 years at Burger King and look what they gave me. And he What's showed up, everybody, everybody everything. It's me, Kevin Ford. Kill Kev, Kevin, 27 years. Uh, Trying to make this fast, but I know everybody's out Christmas shopping. You're in the spirit of the season, the spirit of giving and everything. And I'm trying to get through without crying. But um, I wanted to show you something, something you, you made possible. You. Okay. So um, this is actually after. This is this is afterwards because he went. Somebody went on after he held up the bag of the stuff that he got. Worked there yeah. for twenty seven years. I got a lanyard. I got a couple of pens. I got a I don't know kind of stuff we give out here at Cairo. Something. Gift card stuff like <laughs> yeah. that, right? Uh, and then he said, "That's what I get after twenty seven years." Goes up on GoFundMe. Then they raise what four hundred forty some thousand dollars. He ends up getting a house, right? Yeah, his daughter put it up there because she said, I'm, I'm not begging for money, but if you feel like you may want to give my dad a little something because he did work there 27 years and this is this was his parting gift and she thought uh-huh. it was a little... It was. Oh, it was yeah, from here he is. Home ownership. There's a kitchen. Okay, I can't even hear him with the music over top. But <laughs> give him a car. I gave him a home. And he's like, it's not a mansion, but it's mine. It's a home. So people gave... So here's my problem with it. Oh boy! Okay, <laughs> you ready? ready, Sherry? You I'm ready? ready? Yeah. When you worked on Monday, did they pay you for Monday? Yes. You worked Tuesday. Did they pay you for Tuesday work? Yes. What do you owe them? What do they owe you? Well, I, I the answer is nothing. That's true, <laughs> nothing. But, You're but... even, Steven. 27 years it's not a it's a it's you know much if the guy if the burger king made a million five million nine a year which is about the average revenue you know much money the guy makes that owns it uh, you mean as a franchise yeah probably about three hundred thousand it's it's a little less than that it's 200 to 100 thousand depending on if it's if he's part of the corporate if he's independent so the numbers vary a little bit but let's say 150 thousand dollars the guy so what's he gonna do the guy's worked there for 27 years. You want some, what do you want to do? Buy him a car? No. But I, I do th- I do think his situation is unique, and here's why. First of all, he worked at Burger King for 27 years. Nobody right. nobody has that kind of retention at Burger King. Okay, so they, no. he was able to work. He never called in sick once. He was Got able it. to put his girls through college with their benefits because he could get them health care and all of Great. that. I, I think the guy, I, I agree, $440,000 is extraordinary. But I do think it wasn't, uh, I, I feel bad for him, the poor guy. It's supposed to be Why? a feel-good story. It's no, not sure. No, no. It, it, here's my problem. The employer owes you nothing. You went to work on Monday. They paid you for Monday. Yeah, but he didn't they don't ask owe for you anything. anything. He didn't ask for anything. Yeah. Besides, what's the guy that's making one hundred fifty thousand to do? Buy the guy something because he's worked there for twenty seven years. He wasn't Maybe. forced to work there for twenty seven years. That'd be nice. Make, if he's what? Here. But what? no, I I agree. He doesn't. He hasn't owed anything. He didn't put up a GoFundMe page. His daughter did it. It's great. And and, great. He, and even when he showed the bag of nothing that they gave him. 
he was still positive about it. He was still like, this is what I got, blah, blah, right. blah. Yeah, so, I mean, I don't, I don't, don't blame him. He didn't no, have anything to do No, let me tell you, it. he wasn't holding that bag up to be like, hey, let me show you the lanyard I got. <laughs> no, it was like, I worked there for 27 years, and this is the crap they gave me. My point is this. Your employer owes you just what they agreed to pay you for the day that you worked. You worked that day. That's it. You're even Steven. This idea that, oh, I worked there for 25 years, and they gave me a watch. You're lucky. You're lucky you got a watch. <laughs> I don't owe you anything. If they want to give well, you something for some for, for you know being so super dedicated or something, that's entirely up to the individual. But you can't blame oh Burger King. No, but fault. it's a good thing they didn't give him anything, or he wouldn't have a house. He never was able to buy a house. There if you it go. Happened, there you then all right. This then. whole movement would not have happened, and he wouldn't have this new brand new house. And we wouldn't be talking about him. Right.